0: Welcome to the Eastridge Church South Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go.
1: Hey, good morning, Eastridge. I haven't had to do this in a long time. Um, it's with uh, a really sad heart to have to announce that we had we had a, a South Newton campus member uh, pass away. Joanne Sims passed away this weekend. She was 78, and she was a Christ follower. She loved Eastridge. Um, she had a big heart, a uh, huge smile. She was such an encouragement to me, And... Uh, I just wanna say a prayer. I don't have any arrangements. Uh, they're gonna do a memorial service at a later date, but I, I wanna pray for her family. Her, her niece attends uh, is a member of the South Campus as well. I don't, I don't know if she's here today. I, I, I didn't see everybody who came in, but um, anyway, would you pray with me and, and let's lift up her family. And, and listen, I say that praising God that Joanne is with Jesus. But I'll be honest, my heart is sad. I hadn't had this in a while. Um, We've lost people and family members, but we had not lost a South Newton campus member in a while, Uh, even in the midst of everything that's been going on the last year and a half or so. Anyway, but let's pray. God, you are our comfort, and we claim the promise of your word that you're close to the brokenhearted, and I know that Joanne's family is brokenhearted right now. Father, I thank you for her. I thank you that she's with you now. Thank you for her life, her love for you in this church, her encouragement. But Lord, be with us in the days ahead. We thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray. Amen. We're closing out a series today. We've been in the series, you had not been here, uh, we've been in the series all month uh, called Lives We Believe, and this series is uh, based on a book that Craig Rochelle wrote that I highly recommend. It's called Winning the War of Your Mind. Uh, Pastor Scott actually told me about this book over the summer, and he and I both read it and thought it would be a great premise for a series. And the premise is that our lives, our minds, dictate how our lives go. How your mind goes is how you go. The scriptures say, as a person thinks, so he becomes. And what is interesting about this, I've said this every week, so if you've heard me say it all five weeks, maybe you'll remember it, uh, that we think 6,000 complete thoughts every day, just complete thoughts. We think a lot of incomplete thoughts, 6,000 complete thoughts every day, and 80% of these thoughts are negative. And the truth is, is a lot of them are lies. A lot of them are just bold-faced lies. We have this enemy, the devil, that Jesus talked about. It's not some boogeyman or anything like that, but Jesus talked about you have an enemy. Jesus called him the father of lies. He called him a thief who comes and wants to kill and steal and destroy. And what he does, he gets in our minds. He gets in our minds, he messes with our minds, and he fills them with lies. And the first week we looked at the lie that things are going to go from bad to worse. The second week we looked at the lie that i 'm alone in my struggle, that man I struggle, you 're alone, you're the only one that struggles with this. The third week we looked at that I don 't have what it takes. and then last week we looked at that I have to earn god's love, that I have to I have to earn it, I have to be good enough to get it, and I have to constantly in this earner mode. Well, today we're closing out the series talking about quitting. So let me ask you this question: What causes you to quit? What causes you to quit? What causes you to want to quit? And I'm going to tell a couple of stories here. And some of them you won't believe. You're going to think he's lying. But uh, I like to run. You're thinking you're a liar. <laughs> Look at you. I have, now here's the truth. I haven't run in, I haven't run in a couple of months. I've got Achilles tendonitis. I've been uh, trying to get right. I'm old and it's taken and it's been frustrating. And I haven't really worked out very much. And I've put on weight the last couple of months because I like to eat, and that is the truth. But when I ran, I live in Starsville. Anybody know where Starsville is? I live on Starsville Road. I live on Starsville Road, and right near Starsville Road is Elks Club Road. Not the curvy, real curvy side of Elks Club Road from uh, 278 to Dixie, but from Dixie to 213, I like to run that road. I like to run that road because there's not very much traffic and it's not real curvy. And I love to run that road because it, has, it starts off with a huge downhill. Huge. Like, I, I'm not kidding. One of the best downhills in Newton County is on that road. But the only problem with downhills is what? You got to go up. I've never wanted to quit when I ran on that road when I was on the downhill. I've always thought, this is awesome. I can run fast. But I hit that uphill. It starts going up, and it's a really good, and it's one of those hills that goes up, and you think you're almost to the top, and then it goes up some more. Well, when I get to that part, I've always wanted to quit. I always thought, this is a good place to stop right here. Call Leslie, come get me. <laughs> you think I'm lying. <laughs> what causes us to want to quit is Adversity. It's not good things. You never want to quit. Man, i got so much good in my life, I just want to quit. That doesn't happen. Usually good things in our life, once is that, that, that uh, energizes us for more, and, and man, we can't get enough. But it's adversity in our life, and it's not adversity as just a big hill. As a matter of fact, I have this theory, and, and this is just a theory, that you and I can handle big hills in our lives. We can handle big hills. What we can't handle... Like this is, the, this is the part where you're not going to believe me. I never quit going up that hill on Elk Club Road, never ever. But I have quit on my road, Starzell Road. I've run my road and I've quit many times. You know why I'm, I've quit my road? Because it doesn't have one big hill. It doesn't have any really big hills. But it has a lot of medium-sized hills. And you're running and you hit verse, and you make it over the hill and you make it over the next hill and you make it over the next. But then you get this point it's like here comes another hill. I don't, I don't know if I can do it. I've, I've quit on my road many times. One is close to the house. You just walk home. But I think in our lives it's not the one thing. I think we're all equipped to handle one big thing in our life. But what we're not equipped to have, what makes us want to quit is One more thing. There's a guy I knew in Tennessee, his name was Ivan, he was an older man, and he he used to have this saying if it's not one thing, it's ten. That's what he would say. Everybody says it's not one thing, it's another. He said, he was the first person to say this to him if it's not one thing, it's ten. And it is the truth that we start to think, I don't know if I can do this anymore because it's not just one thing or another, it's ten things. And so we start thinking, I'm going to quit. There's another sickness, or there's there's another bill, or there's another unexpected car repair, or there's another expected car repair, there's another argument, there's another project, there's another complaint, there's another failure, there's another setback, there's another battle, there's another hill to climb, there's another wave of COVID, there's another disappointment, and we get in our minds, we start to think, man, I'm just going to quit, I'm just going to quit. And so here's the lie that we deal with that I'm done, I've had enough. Now, have you ever thought that? Maybe at work you thought, this is it right here. This is it, I'm not going back. I'm going to do something. I'm done. Or maybe, and let, let's just be real. Maybe you had some moments in your marriage you thought, you know, I'm done. Or maybe when you think about your relationship with the Lord, you thought, man, I'm done, I can't do this. I can't do it. I'm done. And what I want you to see today is that is a lie. That you're not done. You're still here. God's not through yet. As a matter of fact, here's the truth today. When you've had enough, God's enough. Well, how do we get from I'm done to when I've had enough, God's enough? How do you get there? That's what we're going to look at today. That's what we're going to look at today. I'm going to pray and we'll get started father in just the next few minutes speak to us through your word Lord we claim that your word is powerful it is what changes our lives and so Lord we submit to it we claim that it has the authority to change us to make us more like you that it's bigger Its truth is bigger than any lie in our minds right now. So, Lord, help us to focus on it. In Jesus' name, amen. First thing is this. When we focus on our problems, we lose focus on God. When we focus on our problems, we lose focus on God. You're going to hear a story of a guy named Elijah. Elijah give you a, uh, we have a worship leader named Elijah. But anyway, we have this guy in the Bible, his name was Elijah. He was a prophet, which means he spoke for God. And he led the people, and he led a people who were sinful. He led a people who had strayed. He led a people that uh, had turned their backs on God, and they were uh, idol worshippers. They had all these other gods that they were worshipping, and he was this voice for God. And he contended for God. He did. And he went to battle for God. And, and God used him. As a matter of fact, God works a big miracle in his life. On Mount Carmel, he, this huge miracle. God comes down, uh, the fire and everything. You probably know the story. If not, you can look it up in Kings. But just, he's a man of God. But we get to see in this story that it's not one thing in Elijah's life. It's one more thing. And he loses his focus, and he starts to place his focus on his problems. You ever done that? Put your focus on your problems? You place your focus. As a matter of fact, a lot of times, our problems look bigger than what God is. That we we get these, this thing that, man, these problems seem so big, and God seems so small. It seems like that these problems have the, the power to, to ruin our lives, and God's power to save our lives seems so minute. And we live with this 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 going on over and over again to where we just simply want to quit. Look at the Scripture right here. As we start off, look at the Scripture. Now, Elijah has just worked this huge miracle. God's worked a huge miracle through him, I should say. We're just huge miracle that Elijah goes to the people and he's, he's saying, if God's real, let's worship him. If Baal's real, let's worship him. And he works this miracle uh, that pours water all over this wood. He said, whoever's God lights the fire is God. Well, God lights the fire. You read the story, it's an incredible story. And, and man, people are going, yeah, Elijah, and everything like that. And so I'm just telling you, it's just unbelievable. And And, and they're rooting out Baal and everything like that. Well then Jezebel hears about this, and she's a Baal worshiper, and this is a woman, and in his and in Elijah's culture, I'm not I'm not minimizing women today, but in his culture, women weren't that powerful, but she was the, the queen, and so she had some power. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. Now he just had this huge miracle. He saw God do something miraculous, incredible, never seen before. And he's been part of that. And then Just a little while later, it says, May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I haven't killed you just as you killed them. Now, listen, it wasn't one thing that got Elijah. It was just simply one more thing. It was just one more thing. One more problem. One more person. One more dilemma. And Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. And he went on alone in the wilderness, traveling all day. And he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Man, he's lost hope. Here's what happens, here's, here's some signs that you may be focusing on your problems and not focusing on God. Here's some signs. You feel all alone. You just simply feel all alone. We've all been there. I just feel alone. I, I know I've told you this story before, um, but I bought a car for Marissa when, when she first got her driver's license, and I did not uh, get uh, collision on it. I just had uh, liability. And she got in a wreck, and I'd spent. We didn't look. You know, your re- money's all re- always relative. You you never want to be out of any money. But at this point, I was I was in bad shape. That car was pretty pretty bad, and I and she got in a wreck right in front of El Charo and her car was it was the side of it was just smashed. And I'll never forget, I sat on the curb. Look, you, you want to talk about a lonely story. I'm, I don't know what the people in the restaurant thought. I'm sitting on the curb at El Charlie like this. You know what I thought? I just threw away $3,000. I know you're thinking, is that all you could afford? That's all I could afford was $3,000 car. I'm serious. I thought, I've just thrown away $3,000 sitting there all alone. We've all had moments like that. Man, that problem seemed so big. And in, in that moment right there, it seemed ginormous. And we've all been there. Second is this: You might be focusing on your problems if you feel like you're in a wilderness. It says he went out. Elijah went out to the wilderness you just feel overwhelmed? Anybody here feel overwhelmed? You just feel like you're just man, I've been in a wilderness. We use this expression. I've been in a wilderness when we've just kind of lost our way. I'm in a wilderness. I don't know which way is up. I'm in a wilderness. I don't, I don't know what to do. I've quit reading my Bible. I've quit praying. I'm just in this spiritual wilderness. Or I may be in a physical wilderness where I'm not doing good physically, and we just feel like I am overwhelmed. And the third that you may be focused on your problems is when you just are constantly thinking, I'm done. Man, I'm done. I'm done. I quit. I'm throwing in the towel. I give up. You ever been there? Those are some tough times. Those are times where our problems seem so big. And God seems so small. And we know Scriptures like he is able to do more than we ask or imagine. We go, no, not, not this time. We have scriptures like all things are possible for him to believe. In him. No, not this time. We have scriptures like he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete. No, not this time. We just we just got this point where our problems seem so big. So what do you do in that? Well, the second thing is we underestimate the value of proper sleep and diet. Here's what happens. When you and I get overwhelmed, what usually happens is, is we quit sw- sleeping well. Anybody ever been there? There's also a problem with getting old, too. Get old, you, you don't sleep as well, you don't sleep as long, but we get in this place where we don't sleep as well, and some people uh, can go a long way without sleep, and some people need more than others, and I'm not a doctor here. I'm not here to tell you how much sleep you need to get, but we underestimate this whole value. We, we get overwhelmed and this becomes so big, these problems, everything like that, and that, we, that we quit eating right and we quit sleeping. Now, we might be eating, but it's not usually right because it's a whole lot easier just to run to McDonald's and get the two-cheeseburger meal and biggie-size it and feel really good about life. And we see that's what's going on with Elijah. That the Scriptures say... That he lay down and slept under a broom tree and while he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him to get up and eat that's interesting that God comes to him and sends an angel and you'd think the angel would have "Hey, this, this revelation, hey, let me tell you you got these big problems, let me tell you what you need to do get something to eat now that makes us all feel good, doesn't it? As a matter of fact, the most spiritual thing you can do today is take a nap and get something to eat so you know what, husbands quote me on that, wives quote me on that I get quoted on a lot of other bad things, but quote me on that one. Says, hey, get something to eat. And he looked around, and there beside him was some bread baked in hot stones and a jar of water. And so he ate and drank, and he lay down again. And then the angel of the Lord came to him again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more. Or the journey ahead will be too much for you. I just want to stop right here. Sometimes that's how it feels. And that's why we want to quit. We just look at, we look at, I can't keep doing this. The journey ahead of me is too tough. And I'm saying one of the first things that you need to do when you feel like you're done, you need to start checking how you're doing physically. You do. You need to start checking how you're doing physically. You need to start checking, hey, am I sleeping enough? And you may think, well, I don't need sleep. I've got all these problems. I've got to and Look, I know there's a balance there, but I do know this, that your body is not invincible. Your physical body is not invincible. It's not. Mine isn't either. It's not invincible. We need sleep. God made us this way that we had to rest, that we need to rest, that we need to recoup, and that we need to fuel ourselves. We need to eat. We need to eat well. And so one of the first things that we can do when we're overwhelmed and we feel like we want to quit is just simply make sure that, hey, I'm resting physically. And we live in a culture that, man, really doesn't push that. It's go, go, go. You gotta keep going. You gotta keep moving. You're gonna get behind. Why cook a good meal when you can just get something easy? I'm not look, I I eat fast food too. I'm just telling you. There's got to be times where we've got to prepare ourselves for the journey of life by making sure that we're sleeping and we're eating. And he goes on to say So he got up and ate and drank and gave him enough food. The food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave and he spent the whole night. So if you're overwhelmed, I would say the first thing that you and I need to do. We probably need to do it before we get overwhelmed is just stop underestimating what it is to have rest, what it is to eat well, fuel for our bodies. And then here's the next one is that God is near, that God is near. What usually happens when we want to quit, we wonder where God is. Why, does God happen? why does this happen? Why has God allowed this to happen? Why are these things? Why am, why am I dealing with this? And we wonder where God is. I told you the book, um, When in the War of Your Mind, it has a great story. As a matter of fact, when I heard the story in the book, I listened to the book on Aud- Audible. I don't know if you do that or not, uh, audiobook. And I was listening to Craig Rochelle, the, the author of the, the book, When in the War of Your Mind, and he told this story. Told the story of when he had to go before his denomination to get approval, to get their approval to be a pastor. Now let me preface this. This guy now has the largest church in the United States, multiple campuses. As a matter of fact, if you use the version Bible app, his church invented that. But before he was established as a pastor, he's never had any scandal. I just want to share this with you. Never had any scandals, not one of these things where you see these guys on TV and they got these they're riddled with scandals. He's not like that. Now I don't, I don't know him personally, I'm just telling you the facts that I know. But in this story, he goes before his denomination. And he meets with them, and they're to tell him whether they're going to approve of him being a pastor or not. And they say, no. They said no, we don't approve. We don't think you have what it takes to be a pastor. Not for our denomination. And I'm going to tell you something. I heard that story. I got choked up, y'all. I don't even know the guy personally. I've never met him. I've heard him speak. I've seen him speak in person. Never met him. I got choked up because he started to say, what am I going to tell my wife? What are my friends going to think? And he said, I started to think, man, I'm done. I can't do it. All these lies that he talked about that were in his past, he said, they all started rising up in his mind. You ever been there? And he said in the middle of it, he heard a small voice it wasn't audible. He says it wasn't audible. It was a small voice of God. And God told him, you are who I say you are. And I say you're called. And from that moment, he believed that he was going to be a pastor. Elijah comes to this moment where he's overwhelmed and you and I get that where we're overwhelmed and we're just looking for God. I had these moments where, man, where I'm overwhelmed, I have this thought, if I could just hear your voice, that's what I said, Lord, if I could just hear your voice, I know everything's going to be, I just need to hear your voice and I have to pull away or whatever I need to do. I just need to hear the voice of the Lord, whether it's reading scripture or being around my Christian brothers and sisters or through worship or whatever. I just need to hear the voice of God in my life or through his spirit. But that's what I need. And you see this, that Elijah, man, he says, I'm done. God says, Hey, get some rest and get some food. Cause I'm going to speak to you. It says, then he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. And I'm the only one left and they're trying to kill me too. And then the Lord says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. A mighty windstorm hit the mountain and there was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and when he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave and a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So when we get to moments where we're done, we're looking for God and we're looking, looking, he may do something big. It may be a fire, maybe an earthquake, it may be a windstorm. But my experience is most of the time it's a whisper. And you have to pay attention to hear it. And the thought is, why would God whisper when he could shout? When he could write it in the sky, we could go outside and say, we could see him write, don't give up. Why would he whisper? God whispers our name because he's close to us. So you can't whisper from a distance. You can't whisper from across the room. You can only whisper to someone that's right beside you. See, the enemy filling your mind and my mind with lies. Saying, give up. You don't have what it takes. Just throw in the towel. You're done. You can't do it. And God's whispering, when you've had enough, I'm enough. When you've had enough, I'm enough. 2,000 years ago, God sent Jesus Christ as a sign. He was the Son of God and He took on flesh so that He could understand what it is to live like us. He was made in every way like us so that He could sympathize with us in our weaknesses. Jesus knows what it's like to be human. He knows what it's like to have physical limitations, to have days that don't go the way that you've planned them, to have things happen in your life, to be betrayed, to have people mad at you, to have people complain about you. Jesus knows all those things. To have people be ungrateful for the things that you do. Jesus has been there. And this is the message that Jesus has for you today that if you've been thinking, man, I'm going to give up, I quit. Look at these words with me. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Jesus says, come, come to me. Don't give up. You're not done. You're not through. I'm still working in your life. Those scriptures that I mentioned in the beginning, he is able to do more than we ask or imagine. They're true. The scripture that says that, that all things are possible for him who believes, they're true. The scripture that says that God is working at your life, he's still at work in your life, It's true. You just have to believe it, to receive it. You have to come to Jesus and just trust Him at His word when He says, "Come to Me, come, come." Listen to Me. You're not done. You're not. God's not finished with you yet. Doesn't matter what you've done in your past. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life right now. You're not done. But he's got a plan. You just simply need Jesus Christ. And so we come at a time of a decision today. Maybe you walk through the doors today and you thought, you know what? I'm toast. I don't know if I can keep doing this. Why don't you come to Jesus and let Him help you? Why don't you learn from Him how to get, navigate this world? Maybe today you've never accepted Jesus Christ. Man, I'd love to talk to you today. Or maybe you need to recommit to Christ. I need Jesus. I need him. Or maybe today you just simply want to pray. I say this every week, but the front of the stage is an altar. We'd love to have you pray. Maybe you want to pray for your one that's on the cross right here. We've had several that have accepted Christ. Maybe you want to pray for your one. Maybe you want to pray for yourself. Maybe you're going to receive Christ today. I'm going to be down front. I'm going to pray and then I ask you to stand as we sing. Father, we come to you. Lord, if we're still breathing, we're not done. You're not done with us. Lord, I pray that we would just resonate with the words that when I've had enough, you are enough. You are more than enough. That you call us to come. To find our rest in you. To find our hope in you. And so Lord, I pray for the person today that's never received you, never understood how much you love them, that you want them. That they're not done. Lord, I pray for those here today that are turning back to you. Stomping on the lies the enemy has thrown at them and saying that, that they can't do it. That they would believe today that all things are possible because of your Son, Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I lift up this time of decision to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing? And if you have a decision to make, please come.
0: Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you and you have a family at Eastridge Church.